So this is a, this is a, the, this piece we're going to do tonight is a piece from the Kuzari. Um The Kuzari. Just to start beside the sound, the Kuzari what happened like this. There was a story which seems to be, have some level of veracity to it. Um, that there was this non-Jewish king who lived in who lived in a some Central Asia area, who had tremendous desire to serve serve God properly, and he had this dream uh, that where he's told that even though his intent is positive, his actions are not. And he decided to uh, reach out to the major religions uh, to ha- explain to him uh, what the, what what's behind the religions. So he started with the, the Muslims and the Christians. The Jews obviously didn't have the right answers because they're such a small nation and nobody nobody follows them and every they're downtrodden, etc. Uh, a- after a period of time, not being satisfied with the answers of the, two, the those two religions. He called upon the, 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 a Jewish rabbi to discuss issues, with the final result being that, they, that the country was, he, he and his country were become came Gabriel. That story it has some level of veracity to it. I'm not sure of all the details of it. That took place arguably sometime in the, uh, the, the 9th or 10th century uh, of the common era. Fast forward about 200 years later, Rehuda Halevi, who lived in Spain, um, wrote a sefer on, on, the, on the, the Hashkaf of Torah, the philosophy of Torah. He used that story as a vehicle to give over his ideas. So he used it as a, presented it as a conversation between the Melech of the, Kuz, the Kuzarim, the Kuzari, and the Chavr, the Chavr being the Talmud Chacham. So, um, so this is not, uh, he's not suggesting this was the actual conversation which took place between the king and the cover. He's using that as a vehicle, a literary ve- license to allow him to discuss ideas that he wants to, to present. So he puts the questions in the mouth of the kuzari, and he puts the answers in the mouth of the cover, etc. Um, so that the kuzari questions, he says, I, I, I'm reading the whole section of, of, of the Torah, which talks about the Mishkan, and talks about Karbonus, and um, the idea of Karbonus, like that the Barsham has Reach um, Nechoyach, and he has, it's his Korban, and Karbonus Lashem, Kolechem, Lachmi, all these words seem to be difficult words to understand. They do not seem to, to, to um, really seem to make sense. So that's that's the question. Um, Sammy, do you mind if I if I mute you mute, mute you? Because of a background noise over there. Okay. No problem. Okay. So. Um, so I'm working with you. I'm also 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 working uh, things which seem to be illogical. The Moshe Mash Omar is Kabri Lachmili Shai, Rechni Fuchi, Ain Pirish Hadwarm Ki, Kabonas Hashem, Him, the Him Lachmoi, Rechni Choyach, Lo, his Lechem and his Rechni Choyach. These words do not seem to make any sense. So that was a question that he asked. So the, the we have five pages over here of the, of the Chavar's response. Um, 
So uh, the, the approach that he takes is that this is all being used as a marshal for us to understand the relationship. The same way we understand the neshama is something much greater and more than just the body, with the body that contains it. But we understand that if a person doesn't eat, even though the bread does not sustain the neshama in any way, shape, or form, but the bond between the neshama and the goof, if a person doesn't eat, the goof dies and the bond is broken. So the lechem over there is not sustaining the neshama in any way, shape, or form, but at the same time, the lechem is, is what allows the, the, the goof and the neshama to be, to be, be connected. So the same idea between the Baruch and the world, the Baruch is not sustained at all by the lechem of the karbonus, but the the vehicle of this connection between the Kosh and the world is through this vehicle of these things. So th- this becomes a vehicle when we undertake to listen to Kosh and do these actions, we create a bond which allows the the Shechina of Kosh to be bound to this world. So not that the Shechina needs the sustenance of, of, of the Karbonus, just like the Neshama does not need the sustenance of the Lechem that the person eats. That's the Moshul. Uh, and then he, he expands upon that mushal. We can look at, if we're using the uh, the mikdash, is functioning almost like a body where the shkin is coming and connecting into it. Um, so we can look at the different parts of the mishkan as representing being parallel to different parts of the body and having functions which are parallel to different parts of the body. Um, okay. Um, so that's if we want to understand this, this this divine concept of the Roshim connecting to the world, we should use a parallel. It's analogous to the Nefesh the, 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 the soul and the person, which has the ability to have higher function of, of Kedusha, etc., in this body, which is physical. When the body is functioning well, and all the different parts of the body are, are following their their correct order, which allows it to be better than the animals. So the seichel, which he's using the word seichel, what we call the neshama, to to exist in the body and function properly. As long as the the, the 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 required elements of process of keeping the body safe are maintained, and the body is functioning properly, maintained, the seichel can work in the body. Okay. Um, however, if that is broken, this processes of taking care of the body are broken. You pour the seichel in the seichel leaves. When you seal, so full servrikia seichel zokuk lamaichel umashkev lereich reichos neimin. He says, "Oh, you see that the seichel only functions when it has food and drink and has nice smells." So you see, the seichel needs these things. Hob who royas a seichel hamasmid kaloid elamasmidim v'nifer bihiparim because he sees the seichel functions when you have these things. We take away these things, the seichel doesn't function. Well, I'm not ready to that's wrong. So once the body is ready to accept this divine gift of the neshama, so then the, the, the neshama is put into it. 
but the body has to be functioning properly. But it's not that the the the, the neshama has an intrinsic need for these things. Okay, that's that's that's, that's true by the body. Um, then he talks about. So Ryan puts a foot over here that he, he talks about. Um, he goes to the carbonus. Um, All the different things which we've seen talking about the word Kabonis. Uh the Malach of the building the Mishkan, the Kabonis which are brought there, Taurus, the things which are burnt, the, the singing, the Michael Mishta, Kalelo, Bataklas, Atara, Bakdusha, obviously these are tremendously holy things. It's a it's a it's a borrowed term. We're using this term as in a certain sense as a in a, a metaphoric way, the Bereshim has desire that the, once we we create this appropriate seder in the in the nation, um, doesn't, the Bereshim doesn't get any any benefit at all from what's happening over there. The purpose of what we're doing is for the for us. It's to keep our bodies, keep the the our neshamas, which are the goof for the the the, the shkita, which is coming. The same way the, the goof is the goof for the neshama. Our whole being is like the goof for the the, the shkita of Hakadosh Baruch When our goofs are functioning properly, when the kavanas are doing what they're supposed to be doing for us. Keeping us uh, along the lines of what's supposed to happen, then the Shekinah comes. Um, now, um, I'm not going to go through all of this. Um, <laughs> Now on page uh, Reish Aleph, that's page number four. The all the ideas that I said above, I do not. I'm not saying this in a definitive way, confident way that I know for sure this is correct. I should say that I understand exactly why, what the what, what the idea behind the kabbalas is, what the rabbis of the different kabbalas represents. I do not say that I know for sure that this is the purpose of, of what this about is. The opposite is true. The truth is that it's, it's above our understanding. So therefore I would say the following, that it's Moshim Torah. And Misha Kibla Tavimus believe he's Palpalus, believe he's Chachmus. So, this is a debate which took place within the Spanish community. Um, they, they, they had a tremendous amount of philosophizers who spent the whole time sitting and philosophizing and coming up with ideas of Chachma and Pilpol, etc. Uh, the Rabbi Levi felt that they went overboard. 
and the people who did that had a disdain for the people, the simple people, which just deterred, you know, very simply because God said so without any deep insights and philosophizing, etc. So he says, I think that the opposite is true, that these individuals, which are not mischachem, but they do it because Hashem said so. I don't know why, I don't, it doesn't make a difference to me. Hashem said so, I'm doing it. As far as I'm concerned, they are ma'ula, they are greater. Um, the person of Kabbalah Torah with is he's in, in a higher level of, of function than the person who's a mischachem and the chayker, one who's analyzing, etc. Um, so that's so. The truth is, I would say, you know, why do the kibbutz work? Because they work. How, what, where is unimportant. Hashem said so. I trust them. I don't that that the human being should have the, the hubris to think that he can divine the, the the divine intent what Hashem wants or something is really if a person think you think about it, it's like an ant coming along saying saying, I understand why you know Rabbi Reingold says what he says and what he does what he does. I mean, it's it's out of your league, buddy, right? If if you say like that, you know you're you're the most bagaybadika ant that I've ever met. You know, um, I don't mean the ant with a U. Okay, um, okay. So so why am I writing all of this? But there's people which have been drawn very much to the philosophizing and the analyzing and and trying to make explanations, etc. For those people, it's much better that he should find that a, a explanation which works within the Chachma Lakis, within the Ruach of the Torah, the approach of the Torah. Or let the guy try to figure out himself and come up with, with, with things which, are, which, which could really damage his Yiddishkeit. Okay, so he just said a major piece. He just said that that the person who does mitzvahs does macabre Torah with a clarity of understanding that Hashem said so, and, and I don't really have the ability to really understand why Hashem is doing something. In his mind, the Kuzi's mind, that's a madriga above the people which are mischachim. Um, so... Um, Now, he says over here, the bottom of page four, Amar Chover, Humas Hamesus, Asher Nosu Lachakers as Umayachayu, the other nations, which are really, in a certain sense, they're compared to Klaisa, which is the Umayachayu, which is a nation which has the true level of, of life force. The other nations are, are considered, compared to that, as if they're not alive. They've tried to build edifices to bring the presence of, the, the, of, of Hashem to the world. It says the best they've made a superficial, a superficial type of comparison. They've built got buildings to bring the, the, the Shekinah down. Russia didn't come to those places. They've done asceticism in order to become prophets. But it didn't happen. And 
and the other, the other, the other, the other side of the coin, when they do terrible things, they've done a various. They don't get punished at divine punishments. The heavenly fire comes down like you find by Nadav and Aviyu. You have the Magefa which comes. Klaisel has this immediate divine intervention. It's clearly coming from a Baruch Hu. So the the greatness of Klaisel, they haven't. They're not compared. They're not achieve, achieve, achieving, and the punishment of Klaisel, they're not. They're not getting because they don't have that type of relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. If if that building will be destroyed, Nothing has changed in their life. It really was nothing to start with, and nothing is really missing in their life. If the change was, there was a practical change. People died, so they're a smaller nation now. People, they became weaker, etc. But it's not an intrinsic change. As opposed to if they're united or they become fight, they're fighting, there's interesting fighting. That's natural. When the base of Mikdash is destroyed, it's like our heart has been ripped out. We become sick. When, when the heart becomes strong again, which means the Beit Mikdash comes back, we become healed. Um, so the idea that that man can contemplate I'm, I'm walking I'm, I'm still talking I'm just walking, walking away for the, from the, from the screen for a second um, that man can come up with, in his own way with idea a way to build a building to bring the, the divine presence into it is ridiculous how does the human mind know what is the proper way to bring the, the divinity down to this world. The, the only way they would know that is if, if they would have a direct communication from a Kodesh Baruch The only way anybody could know that is when Bershom says, I like this. Um, I think we've used the marshal, the, 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 the husband who, um, he really likes chocolate tremendously. So he wants to buy his wife a present, so he buys her chocolate. She doesn't like chocolate. So she might appreciate the uh, the thought of the, the fact that he went out of his way to spend a lot of money to buy her something nice. She doesn't like what she doesn't enjoy what he got her because she, she doesn't like chocolate. Right. So the only way he'll know is she, he asks her, or alternatively, he's, if he's intuitive, he can figure out from her different actions what she wants because human beings get each other. I can intuit what is the thought process of another human being if I'm fairly intuitive. I can sort of pick up the message from somebody else. But how does human beings say, I, I'm intuitive, I can figure out what God wants. I'm going to create a building and I know what God wants to have in the building. There's no way to figure that out. It's impossible to figure that out. The only way we could quote-unquote figure that out is we're going to figure it out. The Bershom tells us. This is what I like in the building. This is what I want. That's, that is the only show of what is Hashem. So now, so he's saying a fascinating thing. 
So take it. Then he, let's go back to the piece he said before. So he says, okay, if that's really the way we're supposed to look at Hashem, so Baruch Hashem is something which really is beyond the, 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 our minds to grasp. So he's saying we can't figure it out on our own. But now Kosh Baruch told us this is what he wants. Okay. So the wife, the, the wife the, you, have a, you have a princess. She, he, he, she marries a commoner. He doesn't really understand the high society that she comes from. But she says she likes X. So he gets it for her. He doesn't understand what she, why she likes that, what it really means, and why it's important to her, and what it represents. But he knows that's what his wife wants, and he makes her happy. So that's really, I mean, magnified thousands of times over what it means that we're doing mitzvahs for, to Kodesh Baruch Versus, I like this. Why? Well, I, I have a whole explanation, my logic, why Hashem likes that. It's impossible to, in, in, to take our minds and inject into our mind, in, in, into the, with our minds, why Hashem likes something. So not only can I have to figure it out myself before he tells me, even after he tells me, I don't know what he's saying, why that's important. So the best thing to do is, he says, is leave the philosophy aside, leave the hiskachmas aside, and do it, because Hashem said so. Right? That's the, the point that he's saying. So he's saying that that's the madrega hamaula. If we want to be totally honest of where, we're, where we are, you got to understand that we don't really understand. Now, I'm a little talk, you know. Right? Some chsidish, you know, the Barashim Gahai sends a tomb to it, you know. Some some story says, Kakomar goes, but I need to show Shelot. Right? Any Shelot, Kakomar goes, but who is that? You know, right? But the Litva says, No, what's the Pshat? What's the Hezber? Why? What's the Lambdas? So, so in the Kuzari, he wasn't a Litva, apparently, right? Right? He says, "Ah, that's, that's you know, so it's it, there's a Ramban. Now I don't know what the Kuzari agrees with about or not. Ramban says a fascinating idea. So it it, it would give us a little, a little bit of a mahalach in the idea that we we do use Torah to understand Torah. We are given a a seaway to try to understand what the message of what mitzvahs are, and so where does that fit into the picture?" So there's Ramban. The Ramban is discussing the mitzvah shluch hakain. So the, the Gemara Megillah, Mishnah Megillah, says that a person says al kanti per yagir rachamecha mashaskanosay. The person says Hashem felt bad for the bird, birdies, and that's why he gave mitzvah shluch hakain. So mashaskanosay. So the, the case over there was, you know. We have a standardized nusach of tefillah. The, 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 once upon a time, the the the, the there wasn't a standardized nusach of tefillah, and the chazan would get up and say his own tefillahs. So he came up. This chazan came up with a great idea. He says, "You know, Hashem, have mercy on us, just like you had mercy on on the birdies. Have mercy on us, right?" So more says, "We we shut him up. That's not a good. That that was that was an invalid tefillah, right?" So the Ram says, "Why?" Because Hashem's mitzvahs are not because of Rachim, they're Xerus. Hashem said so. So, Pashat me, what he's saying is, I don't know why Hashem gave the mitzvah of Kansipur, of Shilcha Kain. Oh, it's because Hashem has Rachmanus on the birds. I know why Hashem did that. So, we say, excuse me, sir, you know, don't stick your shikel Torah into Kadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Um, 
that um, the one says myself with the, with the, the sheriff from the Briskarov. The Briskarov was one person which like, clearly he, he did everything because that's that's what the Torah said. There's a fort says by Yaakov that when Yaakov and Yosef met in Israel, so Yaakov read the Shema. So um, the question, of course, is why did Yaakov read the Shema and not Yosef? It was the Kriya Shema. So one answer is because Yaakov, Yosef is being Yosef in a mitzvah. So he's part of, Yosef is part of a mitzvah. Whereas Yaakov wants to be Yosef in a mitzvah. Like Yosef is doing the mitzvah of greeting his father. Keep it up aim. Okay. All right. But somebody, the, the morale says, or at least one, the, the standard operation, uh, understanding of the morale is like that ya- Yaakov had this upwelling of feeling of, of, of emotion when, when he met Yosef. And that was distracting him from his Abad Hashem. So he took his, that feeling and he said, Shema, to, as it were, direct that feeling to Akadosh Baruch. So Biskarov, on that said, he says, you know, the person takes his human emotion injects it into Yaakov Avinu, and then he says a on it. You understand how Yaakov Avinu functioned? Like, you know, it's like, you know, the, the, the gap between you and Yaakov Avinu, it was because of emotion, and that's what Yaakov felt? And man, I have a Shikotar. Like, he said, excuse me, you know, you know, like, hello, like, you're not, you don't understand Yaakov Avinu's thought process. Don't inject yourself. So inject yourself with the Kodesh Baruch whose thought process makes sense. That's pushing out in the mission. There's a matter that says that the reason why that we're supposed to learn the meat of Rachamim from from the Shulchan. So Rabban says, excuse me, Misha says that not only is it wrong, but if you say it, we we, push it, we, we shut you up. And the matter says that well, that's the reason. So one answer is the Machoikis. So both the, both of them are Tanoim. That this Tana says there's no time for mitzvahs. This Tana says no time for mitzvahs. That's how the Rambam understands. The Rambam and the understands that that's Pshat. And the Rambam says, we pass like the one where there's time for mitzvahs. And he then proceeds to explain the different mitzvahs, what the time for the different mitzvahs are. That's the Rambam. The Rambam says, they're making a mistake. The Rambam created the world, he created birds. And he put the mitzvah Shlokhakein. The Rambam didn't, didn't create the mitzvah Shlokhakein because he, he feels bad for birds. And he has to t- take care of the birds. The Roshan created the world, he gave mitzvahs because he wants to make us better people. He doesn't care about birds, he cares about us. When we care about birds, we're better people. Because that trains us in the meat of Rachamin. So the purpose of it wasn't to make the birdies safe, it was to make human beings better, 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 better people. Better people. So Al-Kan that the Rosham, Rosham Pashat feels, he has this emotion, he feels bad for the birdies. Merely he has to give a mitzvah to save the birdies. Says, the Rosham doesn't have the, the human emotion of, he feels bad for the birds, and that's why he's doing it. If you would have said, that would have been true. We learn from the mitzvahs, the Rosham gave mitzvahs, and he gave the mitzvahs in a certain way that there are lessons we can learn from the mitzvahs of how you're supposed to act. The, the mitzvah teaches you that we should act with rachamim. The Rosh has rachamim in us. We should have rachamim also. We learn that by being careful about the animals, etc. But that's a lesson for us. It's not because Rosh has an intrinsic need for birdies, to keep the birdies in the world. Birdies are not important to Kodesh Baruch Hu. 
in, intrinsically. They're important to Hashem as much as they help. The purpose of the Bria as human beings is Klayusa, is the growth which we're supposed to sustain through being here in the Bria. That's the purpose. As much as the birdies help us, they have a function and a purpose in the world. Right? Elsa the cow is important because Elsa the cow helps human beings. Right? Our society nowadays is up, up and around. Elsa and cow is intrinsically important. Human beings are interlopers, which you got to get rid of because they, they messed everything up. You know, another every child is born is like another alien in the, coming to, to usurp the resources of the world and take it away from the trees and the, and the animals. Right, that's the modern society. The term is the, the, the what the, what the Raman says is that you got it backwards. There's only one purpose of the bria. The Russian created the bria. The Russian was saying, you know, I'm really feeling feeling sad over here about birdies. Let's create a world where we have birdies in it, make it bad for the birdies, and save the birdies. So they feel better now. The Russian created the world to feel bad for the birdies to save the birdies. Like the Russian created the world because the Russian is creating a vehicle that mankind can become divine through the process of doing certain anhogas. So what the Ramana is saying is that the real reason behind the mitzvah, the deep, deep reason of the mitzvah, that's the Russian has his chashbarnas. But there are vehicles, there are lessons we are supposed to take out of the mitzvahs. So the Ramad says everybody agrees that there's a concept called Tama Mitzvah. Not in the sense that this is the reason for the Mitzvah in the, in the, in the, in the true sense. But there is a, the way Mitzvahs function is they teach us lessons. And therefore we become better people. So the way Mitzvahs function, what they do for us is there is, it means that the version made our minds clear enough that after the Mitzvah is given, we can grasp some type of message in the mitzvah. That we can do. To figure it out on our own, impossible. Right. We, can look at, we can look at the Bria. The Russian made the Bria, and the Bria is, was created to be the vehicle to, within, within which Torah will function. So I look at the Bria, and I figure out, well, Torah is going to function in the Bria. That's the, but again, it's through the, through the Nesinus of Torah that I get the message of what the Russian wants. So the Bria is also a message of the Russian wants because the Bria was created to be the right place for the Torah to stick into. So you look at you look at your machine, you can figure out what the purpose what what the goal is from the machine. So the the, the, the world is the machine and the Torah is the, is, is the goal. So I, I can I can figure out what the Russian wants from the Bria. It's only because I made the machine with, with a goal in mind. If the machine would, would be there, not that would be, would be there with, with the goal in mind. I don't know what, what the goal is. I can't remember what the, what the message of, is from the machine. So yes, I can figure out from the Bria, and I can figure out from the Torah. But it's only after the after the, the Bria was given and shaped based on the Torah, and the Torah was given. I get this is the message what the Russian wants me to do. I don't know why he created the world and ha- what goals he had in mind. Be, you know, but there is le- definitely a message I can take out of it. The Russian wants, and he made our minds to fit that much. That we can take, it, we can get a message out of it. But to say that a human being comes along and says, "I know why Kodesh Baruch was doing something," and what the real message is, that's way beyond our ability. To say we have no message at all, so the Rebbe is saying that's wrong. The Bereshit doesn't want us to, to, to take a lesson out of it, take a message out of it. So, moving to let's say events which take place, what, why is it taking place? What's Hashem, what's Hashem telling us? So there's two answers. I have no idea why, the, why, why it's taking place. Because if I did, I'd be a Kodesh Borosu. And since I'm not, I don't know why Russia's making it happen. 
what message can I take out of it? I can take certain messages out of it. But the message of taking out of it doesn't mean that I, therefore that's why Kodesh Barucho did it. The brochure set it up in a way that I can take a message from it. But he also has many other reasons, and other which are beyond my, my comprehension. Um, somebody wanted to ask one of the rabbis who said that um, why can't we grasp what Kodesh Barucho's what, what, what Kodesh mind, as it were, is. He says, would you want a world, live in a world where the, the God would make sense to you? I mean, the God would be the same as you. Do you want to live in a world where the, where you're, the, the master is a human being? No. Right. So, it has to be that, that, that what the Kuzare is saying is that the, the, the greatest madrega is a madrega of that humility or understanding. I have no idea. And that's the true. So the the husband comes. Let's go back to the analogy to the husband. So the husband finally figures out what his wife. Friend, wife tells him says she really doesn't like chocolates, but she loves flowers. Right. So he goes to the store and he buys his wife flowers, and she's so happy. Right. She feels so cared for. Right. He's giving the message that he he wants to make her happy. Great. This is analyzing. Okay. So. Why does she like flowers? He doesn't like flowers. So he sits there and analyzes why she likes flowers. What What's the flowers? Which it must be the colors that get to her, or maybe it's the texture, or maybe it's the smell. Like, I don't know. I'm not her. I have no. And it says, you know what? I decided that it's the texture which really does it. She doesn't care. About, she doesn't touch the flowers. She doesn't care about the texture. So now he always buys. He's always careful to get ones with good texture because he figured out the reason of the texture. You, 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 you're, you're, you're missing the point. So the wife says, you know, says, you know, he says, my dear wife, I really came to appreciate the port and the texture like you taught me, and I bought it because I like the texture. She says, okay, she's not, she's not thinking of me anymore. Doesn't with me anymore. It's like you like textures. So then it's about you. So mitzvahs make me a better person. So I'm doing mitzvahs. I want to be a better person. So great. So now it's, about, it's not about Kosh Baruch anymore. It's about. I'm a better person when I give my wife presents. So you know what? You know I give you presents because I get, I get to become a better person when I give you a present. Wife says, "Thank you very much. I'm not here to be part of your social experiment. Or your, you know, like you know, I, I'm part of your therapy. You know, the therapist says, you know, you got to be a better person. She says, my dear wife, I'm not. I'm now. I'm going to clean up the house. Why? Because I need to become a better person. So I mean, she's just like a tips for the, for the therapy session. The Russian says, oh, that's great. You know, you want to be a better person, so you use mitzvahs to make me... It's not about me. It's about what you think you're getting out of it. Like, you know, like, Russian says, excuse me? But you're here to do... The purpose of the mitzvah is to, as it were, bring the divine presence. I mean, connect yourself to me, not bring me down to you. So the Kuzri is saying, is saying very important, you saw it, the parameters are difficult. I understand exactly what he means, like where you apply it. You know, because the Morse says we, we learn out certain concepts based on Sora. The Morse says, What are you going to post it for? It's the Sora. Now, the Morse says it three times in Shas. I don't know that Kivagar said it's only three times in Shas. So at Dini Moment, it says clearly that's true. The Morse says that Dini Moment is all based on Sora. Right? But I mean, Dini Moment is not Rots and Hashem, it's not mitzvahs. The halachas are mitzvahs. The person wants you to do the, the, pay for the, the zikin, when the, the animal's mazik, when the, the shore, boar's mazik. 
It's not, my, it's not, it's not me, it's a Kaddish Baruch who's talking. But how do I know what these Bukhiv to pay? Bezin says it, because they say logic. Well, well excuse me, uh, what does Kaddish Baruch say? What about you? Well, my, my logic says he's Kaddish. That's a very nice. What a version would say. So we don't say that. We say, no, you're, you, you're Bezin, figures it out. And there we go. That's what Roshan wants. So Swara is used to define the, the, the Ratzon Hashem. Our Seichel is trusted enough to figure out what the Ratzon Hashem is. So the, the Mora says, three, 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 that's, that's a Dinimamis. What about by Surim? The Mora says it by three places. It says it by Hamutzim Karel of Uriah. That's Dinimamis. The Mora says it by, by Pesha Osir Pesha Hitler. So, person walks in. The, person walks in the vest and says, "Woman walks the vest and says, 'I'm an Eishish.'" So the law is a dinatara that a person is, makes that statement. They get the law status of an Eishish. Either it's whether it works out through through a parasha of Neder, works a parasha of Nemonis, but she's she's an Eishish. She says, she walks in the vest and says, "I." Woman walks in the basin who's an Asian, no, a known Ashish says I'm divorced. She's not believed. Woman walks in the basin and says, I, I was an Ashish and I got divorced. She's believed. Pesha Osir, Pesha Hitu. Mar says, How do you know that? Maybe she's believed on the fact that she's an Ashish. She's not believed that she's divorced. Like we always say. So what's the difference if you say it? We know she's an Ashish. She walks in and says, I'm a Grusha. Or she says it in, together at the same time. Mar says, Pasik, Mar says, ah. We're talking about Isurim in the Torah. I figure out whether what halacha she has, because why Svara says that she, she's mutter. That's how powerful the Swar of man is. The more Nidida, the more discusses the halacha of a woman gives birth to certain types of, you know, partially developed feti, I guess, fetus, fetuses. Um, um, so sometimes it's considered a birth, and she has the local requirements of a birth with the halachas that the, the, the Torah describes the halachas of tomb of a birth. Sometimes it's not developed enough to have a status of a of a birth. So more goes through different possibilities. Some, sometimes at some stage the fetus doesn't look like a human being. It looks like you know sometimes it looks more animal like. So does it have to have human characteristics or not? So that's more like it's over there in the Mishnah. It has to, what level of human characters does it have to have to be considered that's a birth? Then, therefore, a woman has the tumas, has the lochas of, of, of the Torah lochas of Yoletus, etc. So, more goes to one possible, the more it goes, says, okay, fine. But how do we know that? Possibly. We're defining the halachic status of birth with the halachas of, of that woman's Yoletus. She has tumor, she's to bring a Corbin, etc. How do you know? Swara. Wow. I just said, you know, the human mind can't grasp what Kosh wants. So, no, no, no. We, we are saying that once we've grasped the divine message by immersing ourselves in the world of Torah, there's a point where our, our minds lock into the thought process of the Torah. And that's to the point that we're saying, I don't need a I know that this is what the Torah meant, what the Torah wants. And without a Pusik, I know that. I don't know the parameters when you say them when you don't say that, because we're saying you know we don't we should that's not that's not the best approach. That I try and figure out what a Kodesh Baruch wants and then extrapolate elsewhere. 
But the more is saying we do do that, and that obviously if we do do it, it means that's that's appropriate. To the point of the more is saying, now the more sometimes says the more says loshan iboy same mikray boy same sword. You know what? How do you know this? I have a posik and I have a sword. I have a posik. The three times in Shas, the more throws out the 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 the, the, the posik and says, waste of a posik. Swara. I do not need a posik. I there's a, something there's a posik. It's for something else. I don't even use the posik. That's how far we take the, the greatness of, of the intellect of man. So, I wish I could tell you a clear, a clear, defining line. But I think one thing which is I think makes sense to me is the following. I think I told you the story. So, I was in a gifted shear for for ten years. You know, I never never graduated, so they you know they, were, they never sent me up to the next year. You know, um, so so she would stop saying shir. He wasn't well, and he stopped saying shir. So the last lima we were learning was zvachim, and the Rashi when he learned zvachim, other setters also, but zvachim specifically, he did a lot of the following. He didn't have the courage to speak out to the back and forth. You know, he 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 read the Gemara and he and he and he and he would you know would speak out what it's saying. He touched it, as they say in Yiddish. And that was the shear primarily. Now, if you were well versed in the sugya and you worked through the sugya beforehand and you went through the possibilities, maybe more means this, maybe more means that, etc., you would hear as he was talking how he learned. And usually he would weave in enough information what was the advantage of this pet over the other shot. Or he would say it in a certain way, you would figure out he's he's avoiding certain problems in the sugya, etc. So it was, it was fascinating to listen to. But if you had not worked out the possibilities beforehand, it was almost a total waste of time. He was basically reading Marash Taisas, like a Dafyar Mishir. He said Shir twice a week for an hour and a half. You read this more Rashitosis an hour and a half, and you translate it. You could go, you could do a blot and a half each time, or two blot. So he's doing three blot a week, and you have to be ahead of him, working out all the possibilities and thinking it all through to be able to get something out of the shear. So somebody one day after shear, like the shiva had had said a shear, and he he said a gorgeous explanation to avoid a certain question in the sukkah. And I was like, I was like blown away how beautiful it was. I walked out. One of the, I hear one of the, the younger members, of the, you know, the more recent members of the shear, saying like, you know, she didn't say anything today. And I'm looking at him like, this is not good. He says, do you realize that the Shiva answered the following question in the Gemara? I explained the question. He says, Shiva answered that. I said, yeah. He said like this, and that answers the question by reading the Rashi this way, not that way. He answered the question. I said, wow, I didn't know, you know. So I said, maybe I should, you know, try and help a little bit. So with, uh, so from that point onwards. I like, a lot of times when she would, would explain something and she, you know, we would translate something and she or touch the Rashi. I would ask him, maybe he the Rashi like this, maybe a little more like this. I would ask him, those, trying to ask him to flesh it out. So many times he would say, no, you can't. And he explained why you can't. So the people would realize that he was, you know, he had contemplated multiple approaches. He said, this is not the option. This is the option. And these are the reasons why this is problematic and this is good. Ah, so now there's a whole story behind just reading the Rashi or reading the Gemara. Sometimes he would say you can't, and that was it. Maybe you learn more like this and this and this. No, you can't. Like figure it out yourself, idiot. Like, you know, I mean, like that, that was the subscript, you know, of that. Okay. 
Sometimes he would go even further and say, Eli, was, there's a word in Yiddish called ploitering. Ploiter means to, like, like say, babble stupidities. Um, Eli, was ploiters there? Why are you saying stupidities? Basically, that's what it translates to. When, you know, I'd say, well, maybe call it more like this. Like, like you know, will you please stop? Stop it, you know. One time in Shia, we're learning Zohar, he says to me, he says, I said, you know, this type of conversation, he says to me, Eli, I see that you learn Zohar the same way you learn Baba Kama. So I asked him, is that bad? And this is the conversation is all in Yiddish, right? Yes, it's bad. Okay. A few weeks later, <laughs> um, I, we had one of these conversations again. He says, Eli, I see that you learn Zohar, the same way you're learning Brachas. I did not need to ask at that point in time, was that bad or not? It was very clear that that was not a compliment. <laughs> but what was fascinating to me, so she was, this idea, you learn Zohar different than you learn Baba Kama. But she would tell me the following, that he feels that a person to be a Pesach, to pass in Halacha Shailas, you know, to, like Shuvas, not like straightforward questions, but like, you know, to work through a, a new scenario and figure it out, a person has to know Shas. said, why? So obviously you need you need knowledge. He said, but you see, if you learn Shas well, you realize that the type of thought process that Chazal use when they, in Moyed, is different than Noshim, which is different from the Zikin, which is different from, from Kachim. Chazal looks at things in different ways. He says, when you learn Shas, and you pick up that, when you are asking a halo, answering a halacha you need to take your Noshim Swara and your Nazikin Swara and your Kachin Swara and your Moyet Swara and throw it at the, at the situation and look at it from different ways of looking at how Chazal used to look at things. And all of that is necessary to pass in a Shailah. Which makes sense. He once had described to us his, his Smicha Bechina. I think I told you the story about his Smicha Bechina. So the Smicha Bechina, the Telzerov didn't give Smicha, didn't do the Bechina. There was this little little shtetl near Tells called the Vainut. Vainut, he said, was about the size of this desk. That was about how big the Vainut was. The, but the Rav of Vainut was this tremendous Tamachok. I mean, he basically sat and learned the whole day because there was nothing going on in Vainut. He didn't have to do anything, you know. So you would, you would travel to Vainut. And you would sit there for three days. And during those three days, the Vainut and Rav would talk to you in learning for 10 to 12 hours a day. Anywhere in all of Shas and all four Chalakim of Shulchan Aruch. Whatever he picked, whatever he wanted to discuss. And after after three days of that, that he basically fills your fluids and all of Shas and all of, all of Shulchan Aruch, he gave you smicha. And the Talzah Rav would sign off on the smicha. That was the beginning. So you want to be a Rav, you want to pass the Shailas? Okay, no problem. You need to know Shas. Not, you know, not Dafya and me. You need to know Shas. That you could talk fluently, pick up any sugya anywhere in Shas, and talk with him fluently on the sugya. He told us once that Rabbi Victor Miller's Atzal got married in Vanut. His wife was from Vanut. So Rifta went to the went to the wedding. They knew each other from America. So he went there with the Rav to talk to him in learning. So he said he had a kasha, it was on Zwachim Samachvav. So Rifta Rav said to him, You know, I said a Gemara first. So he said, I went to get a Gemara. He said, Bakal, I don't mean that. And he said on, on the spot, verbatim, Gemara Shitoisis, word for word, on the spot. Oh, now we cause over the Gemara. What do you want to ask? That was Unutarov. Word for word on the spot. Anywhere in Shas. 
That's the person you spoke to for three days of learning. I think we would definitely decimate the uh, the ranks of of rabbis nowadays if we would if we would keep make that the, the standardized beginner. But the point was she was saying that you know zvachim kachim is looked at differently. When you learn kachim, there's a lot more along the lines of why because the pasuk says so. The world of of Karbonis is very much the world of the Bereshim said so. So because we're talking about Karbonis primarily. Over there, why? Because Hashem said so. That's different than an Ezekiel Sword or other areas of Torah where maybe the idea of putting reasons and those type of things is more appropriate. Maybe that's the, the, the way to look at the, so at least one of the possible parameters and qualifications of what the Kuzari is saying is this idea is more primarily connected to the world of Kachim. Kurbanus, etc. But that's like, you know, don't start putting your your human beings you know, human thoughts on the divine process of 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 of, of mikdash. I uh, just ended with an interesting Misa. So, in the world of 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 Kabbalah, so the primary purpose of Kabbalah is to, to describe how Hashem, the how you take the divine presence of Hashem Baruch Hu and turn it into the physical reality that we live in. What's the process? How that happens? And there are various different ways to explain Kabbalistically, Russia uses, uses it, it's not just haphazard, the Russian actually has a system how he does that, how you convert the the divine energy into physical reality. Um, so they're talking about the, the concept that there's the ten spheres and there's different alumnus, all different things are all part of this explaining that process. So Rebaran told me that he was sitting in a chair with Mercer Shapiro. That's how, and they were talking about spheres, and um, like one of the one of the, there was one member of the share that Ramosha was not didn't feel he didn't didn't really grasp. You know, you're you're sort of talking in very esoteric, detached terms. This person liked to try to concretize the ideas, which usually when you start to concretize the ideas, you're almost moving away from Kodesh Baruch Hu to coming of a Zara. Which is like some people felt that this that concept of the, the ten series is, is a vodazor. It's not, but you know, so this fellow is saying. So he starts describing. He takes his thumb. And he says, "Well, if you," and he starts making a picture. So Russia said, he slapped his hand and says, "Take your grub a finger off of the ten series, please." <laughs> grub a finger. I don't know how you say that? Grub is a Yiddish word. Like, Take your fat finger. Don't t- try and define this thing which is in literal concept beyond our, our comprehension into a physical concretation of that you can draw your finger on it right that's what it means taking kudshim and trying this explanation it was a great line this is net on a grub of fingers take it away from the, the, the from the, the ten spheres you know okay everybody thank you for joining have a good Shabbos so you got